This is Scott Sloan, writer-director on Malibu Horror Story, and you're listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast. This is episode number 308, where tonight we are going to be talking about 2003's Dead End, another Christmas horror entry into our Christmas horror month. This was Todd's pick, which I am here with, as always, and also Steve. Gentlemen, how was your week? Hello. Started off a little rough. Had dentist this morning, so I had some work done, so I will be slurring more than I normally do. My wife always gets on me for slurring my speech, but I don't care. Todd tip, don't skip the dentist. Don't go every four years like I did. It's not fun. No one likes to get shots in your fucking mouth. And I got to go back on Thursday and Monday of next week. So fuck that. How are you guys? Uh, I got the vid, unfortunately. I had like a rough two days, I'd say, of just being super exhausted and had like no energy to do anything. But I'm like, I'm fine now. It was just after those two days. So yeah, I got lucky, I guess, this time around to not... None of the like bad symptoms, you know, but I, and I got to watch a lot of movies because I was so tired. I couldn't really get up. So I caught up on some shows, watching movies and eh, pretty good. What about you, Joe? Very nice. I can attest to Todd's take care of your teeth because, yeah, I've had quite a few root canals. They're not fun at all and they get very expensive. And now I've had a couple teeth pulled and I'm going to need some implants on those in the back teeth. So definitely take care of your teeth, ladies and gentlemen. It's not fun dealing with the dentist so much you know um my week was root canal cost steve for us at least fucking me. a lot <laughs> how much it cost for you guys yeah i'll just tell you because 2500 god no thank god <laughs> i don't know what's your financial I, mean, <laughs> I mean that's probably what it cost before without insurance, the insurance yeah. if not yeah. more right yeah it's 600 bucks that's with, with insurance so out the door and then yeah it's not fun no, not at all. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I had a good week. Uh, Sam had her market this weekend at Old Town Hall in Salem. It was a lot of fun. She did really well. It was also a birthday weekend as well. So went out to dinner with some friends and stuff. But yeah, the market was cool. They did. Uh, they had Krampus there. The guy who did Krampus was awesome. I was talking to his wife. The guy, he carved his own mask for it. So it was kind of like a unique style of Krampus. And he, I mean, it was a really awesome looking Krampus. But yeah, I know Sam's going to be throwing a lot of stuff into her Etsy shop for those of you who follow her and are interested, but she added a lot of new products and stuff like that. She was very excited about her Halloween-themed stationery post-it notes and notepads and stuff like that, so it's pretty cool with like bats and ghosts on it and stuff, so it's pretty fun designs and whatnot. So just follow her if you're interested at Halloween Happy, and she's going to be putting a bunch on her Etsy shop. And you had famous uh, people like shop there, too, from what I saw on... Uh... You're posting, right? Apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah, so for those of you who follow uh, the band Ice Nine Kills, Sam was like, don't look behind you, but Spencer from Ice Nine Kills is is here. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And he was like walking around doing some shopping and stuff like that. So I know they're, he is, they're, the band is from Massachusetts, so it's not a shock, I guess, to see them in the area, but like they've really blown up. I mean, they're opening for Metallica this summer and stuff like that and they just keep getting bigger and bigger so horror themed metal band for those of you who are into them but yeah he was in town and they have their own horror con which i went to this year uh silver scream con which is in danvers i think it's going to be a yearly event they've done it two years now from what i heard they might be moving it out of danvers just because they've already outgrown the con but yeah 
really solid con. So check that out as well. Actually, speaking of birthdays, we've had quite a few birthdays in our little Discord community. So not only did, of course, Sam have her birthday recently, but we had a bunch. We had uh, Scott, we had Calum, we had Shaylin, we had our very own Mondo from the Let's XP Geek and Gaming podcast, and Bren. So happy birthday to everyone from all of us here at the Horror Squad. Uh, I guess some people got wild in, was it, March? Of... A lot of people were <laughs> yeah. in March, yeah. 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 <laughs> spring, spring bake. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> Babies. Well, shout out, to, shout out to all the December birthdays then. Very cool, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, gentlemen, you ready to get into some What Watched? Yes, sir. Certainly. All right, I'll go first then. So my first one is a 2023 film that you can find on Netflix, and it's called Blood. So there's a couple, they broke up, they're going through the divorce, and they're trying to get custody of their children. The woman, uh, the mom, is played by Michelle Monaghan, and the dad is actually played by Skeet Ulrich from Scream fame, of course. So yeah, so it's this couple, and the mom, she's living in the farmhouse that they used to be together, and there's this whole battle about who owns it and all that stuff. And meanwhile, she's trying to do her best, she's a nurse you know, working shifts and might lose the kids because of it. So it's this whole thing. And all of a sudden, their family dog just goes running off into the woods. They don't know where he goes. It ends up that he goes to this creepy tree and he comes back with some kind of crazy look on him. And he attacks one of the kids who unfortunately is brought to the hospital. So uh, the kid does survive, but he starts having like blood cravings and he needs more and more blood to kind of stay normal and the mom realizes this but she doesn't want to tell the hospital system because they think that he's they're not going to help him in the right way so what she does is she she brings him home you know saying that she's a nurse she can take care of him and she steals blood from the hospital but she's afraid to get caught so she tries to find blood other ways and at first she of course starts using her own blood but there's only so much of that that she can do and that's where kind of the horror takes part and i don't want to say much more than that because it gets actually pretty crazy at times i thought this film was really good extremely well acted from everybody involved including the kids who that's pretty rare because you know you know kids are sometimes they can ruin a movie but this one uh, they do a really really good job and yeah it's just you could feel the mother's pain you can feel the mother really want to help her son but while trying to deal with this really kind of fucked up situation and she starts doing really crazy things and it's one that people should check out, is basically what I'm saying here. I think it's one of the better films of uh, 2023. Will it be my top 10 TBD, I guess? Uh, I guess you'll have to watch that episode or listen to that episode at the end of the year. But this is one you should at least put on your list to check out, because I think a lot of people will like it. I will say it's a bit of a slow burn, but once it starts getting going, it actually goes and has a, I would say, a satisfying ending in my opinion i gave it four out of five stars that is blood over on netflix very nice my first one tonight 2023 release recommended to me by steve and this one is called dark harvest this one is a pretty interesting one it is about very halloween centric i will say that to start off but it's about this sort of small like rural town where every year this creature 
basically comes out and starts wreaking havoc on the town and the young adolescent boys in the town are the ones tasked with killing this thing every single year and the boy that catches this thing what was his name steve slack tooth jack or something like that yeah something like that yeah Yeah. he's kind of like a sort of a pumpkin head looking thing he has like a pumpkin he literally has like a pump jack-o'-lantern sort of head and a really sort of skinny slender man type body but the boy who does kill him like the family gets like basically like gets all these riches a brand new car all this types of stuff so yeah uh, that's like the basic premise we follow it like the movie starts off with the previous year and then we head to the next year and the brother of the boy who won last year is kind of fighting with his parents because he wants to enter the contest, but his parents don't want him to because once one of your family members wins, no one else ha- in your family has to do it. So it's sort of this sort of this kid thinking uh, like he wants, you know, he wants to be the big, strong, tough kid in town to do it. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, the movie's also set sort of in the 50s or 60s, sort of the greaser type era there. Yeah, I mean, overall, this one was, like, decent. I I definitely had some issues with it, but I will say I was never really bored with it. I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty, like, unique story, I think, for the most part. But to me, like, tonally, it was a little off to me. Like, especially, like, you know, it's set up sort of like a purge-type scenario where, like, the parents lock the kids up for, like, three days and then sort of release them to attack this thing. And to me, it kind of came off more, like, comedic than serious so i i wish it it didn't uh delve into that but i will say the gore is fucking top notch that is definitely the best part of this movie some really legitimately great kills in this some real there's one scene in particular uh, yeah i I won't even spoil it uh it's just there's some but the gore is top notch it's a i would say it's a good one time watch and definitely want to add you know if you want to watch it i'd wait till october like for your october watches because it's very like i said halloween centric but it's not something i would personally add to my every october year list or every like october watch but yeah i mean it's decent i gave it three out of five all right this past friday was a movie night in person with uh, my buddies TJ and Brent. So we watched three movies too, which I'll talk about today. First one is 2021's Red Snow, which is a low budget vampire flick about a, uh, you know, about mid 20s, maybe early 30s, struggling vampire fiction writer. And then suddenly a real life vampire runs into her window as a bat and she takes it inside the garage and nurses it back to health. But there's also a vampire hunter saying, like, these vampires are fucking evil. They like kill people. They're not sexy, blah, blah, blah. So now she's like, is the vampire cool? Is the vampire hunter the evil one? The vampire feeds her some bullshit. The vampire hunter also feeds her bullshit. So who do you believe? And then it ends in a way that you wouldn't expect this to go. You're thinking love story the whole way. Like, oh, she's a novelist. Here's a sexy vampire. They're going to fall in love. Do they? We'll see. Very low budget. So you got to like go in open-minded with that, you know, kind of spotty acting here and there. But I really appreciate the ending. I like what they did. And I thought the shoot was like, it must have been very difficult because they, you know, it was snowing the whole time, real snow, all the roads were covered. And like for them to pull this off with such a low budget was um, was impressive. So Red Snow 2021, and that was on DVD. Was it Loomis that was uh, saying that? <laughs> you, you did the Loomis voice. Uh, 
when you're <laughs> yeah, yeah like the your Loomis voice when you're doing I shot him six times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So my last one this week is another 2023 film that I watched over on Tubi, and it's called Monster Grizzly. So this got a big old picture of a big grizzly bear, and it's a one of those stories where it's a small remote town, and a grizzly starts attacking the citizen. So it's up to the local kind of police station to take care of this monster grizzly bear. As I started in my letterbox review, if you're watching this to see a couple love stories and a lot of snow shots, this is the movie for you. If you're watching it for the monster grizzly, like the title suggests, you'll be very disappointed. Uh, you basically don't see the grizzly bear in this film or very little of it. And it's obviously like just a giant puppet that they tried to pass off as being this grizzly bear. Man, this movie is bad. There's just not a whole lot going on. It's funny because you, you have like kind of small police station. I think it's two guys and two girls. And uh, one of the girls actually comes in to the story. She's a like young university student who's coming to help in with the investigation. And the other girl and the other and one of the guys out of nowhere have a sex scene that just is completely like, why not? Young girl comes out full bush, full everything, just down the stairs and screws this guy. But then there's this like super old sheriff guy. He's like, you know, overweight, he's got a big beard, looks like, you know, he's got grizzle under his neck as well. And not very attractive man is what I'm trying to say here. And all of a sudden, he also has a sex scene with a young university student, which is super off-putting because the scene right before, he talks about like having to card her because he doesn't think she's old enough to drink. And then he's sleeping with her like in the very next scene. And it was weird because I was watching this and I'm like, this came out of fucking nowhere. Why is this happening? And my first thought was, I bet you this is the guy who fucking wrote this movie and directed it. And sure enough, oh yes, <laughs> this is the guy who wrote direct and edited this film. This was a very like Tarantino from Dust Till Dawn moment, you know, with Salma Hayek where he purposely wrote himself as sucking her foot. I think this is basically, this whole movie was basically for him to get a naked young woman on top of him. So I sat through this fucking like hour and God knows how long movie supposedly about a grizzly bear that you barely see just to see this old man get his rocks off and use a film as an excuse. So Monster Grizzly on Tubi, one out of uh, five stars because I did laugh at times. Not recommended. I'm shocked, really. The, the title like that. But uh, all right, my next one, uh, 2023 release. Not horror per se but I think potential real life horror. And that is 2023's Leave the World Behind. Uh, this one just released over on Netflix, star-studded cast. You have Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Kevin Bacon, couple names, uh, Mahershala Ali, who, uh, sorry if I butchered his name. And the girl from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is in this too. Myla, I think is the way to pronounce her name. But yeah, this one is about essentially a family that goes on vacation, uh, basically to an Airbnb. And from there, shit starts going down. Uh, they, you know, the internet cuts out and they don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden the owners of the house end up showing up claiming there was a blackout in the city and they needed to come back because they didn't know where to go. It starts off like sort of very mysterious. And then from there we come to find out, and this isn't really a spoiler because it's right in the 
you know, sort of description in the movie is that uh, we're under attack, basically, is that there's some sort of cyber attack going on. And from there, it, you know, it's a, it's sort of an apocalyptic type movie. I would say like out of all of the apocalypse movies I've watched, I would say this one seems like the most plausible scenario of something that could legitimately happen to us. The movie as a whole, though, it's good. Like it's solid. My only issue with it is, is that it introduces like so many cool things and scenarios but it just doesn't go far enough with them like you know it's sort of like gets you almost to the like you know it like edges you like almost to like you know completion and then it just like stops you know like for a bad analogy but it just like sort of gives you blue balls like you're like you want it to like to really pop off but it doesn't but or you know it's still like a really solid movie and like i said i think it's one you you know definitely to check out uh i would give it three and a half out of five it's solid i had a great time with it but yeah i just i wish it went just so a little bit further so not on your horror list if it were to make definitely no i no. i don't think so no i i wouldn't say it's horror enough to... at all uh, enough yeah okay, no yeah all right, so my last one is 1980s Don't Answer the Phone. This one's about a Vietnam vet that is just fucking mad at the world, women in general. So he goes around downtown LA just looking for, for women to stalk and murder. It's It mirrors Maniac quite a bit in the fact that it's just a dude. He takes pictures just like he does, and he just goes and kills them for no reason. Meanwhile, though, there's a psychiatrist that has like a popular radio program, and he calls into it kind of taunting her but not really he calls in with like a fake name and he puts like hispanic accent on even though he's a white man and calls himself ramon and says like like doctor thank you so much for helping me i feel really better now and then i'm gonna uh, make sure i follow what you're saying and then he hangs up and then he goes murder someone else and at one point he has his um, uh, soon-to-be victim called into the radio show and then he kills her on air I think it's pretty good. It's a solid three out of five. And I don't know if this is streaming anywhere. I watched it on Blu-ray, but I really don't understand what the title of the film means because don't answer the phone, but he never calls like victims and like asks if they're home alone and goes and assaults them or anything. He literally just calls the psychiatrist a couple times and then does his own thing by just driving around and picking up victims. So kind of a weird title for it, but overall pretty cool because the killer is like this big fucking guy that is physically like just intense and I would not want to face them. And the cops that are investigating them are actual sm actually smart and they seem to care and they actually go about the investigation in smart ways instead of just like bumbling idiots like a lot of them are in, in these slasher movies. So don't answer the phone. 1980. And that's it. What was the third movie you watched just out of curiosity? Oh, we watched uh, a Christmas film that you probably appreciate called Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, The Initiation. Oh, yes. Yeah, classic. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, if I remember, I had nothing to do with that series at all. It, yeah, they have fucking what's his name, Clint Howard. His name is Ricky, so I think that's oh, yeah. connection right. to <laughs> two and three. But I'm like, no fucking way. It's it's a weird ass <laughs> movie. That can't we talk about? Is that the one with the robot? What's... No, that is must it, be Toymaker. That, Toy that, Maker, that could though. be three. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, is that the, is the Toymaker five? Three is the one with Bill Mosley and like the fishbowl right. head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very nice. All right, gentlemen. Trivia time? Yes. All right, Toddy. Give me those scores, baby. 
All right, trivia. Overall score, Joe in the lead by two with 80 for the year. Steve and I, neck and neck, second place, 78. Oh, my gosh. It's, this is the closest race we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quarter number yes. four, though, Joe in the lead. No, sorry, Steve in the lead, 19. Joe, 17. Myself, 16. Who would like to lead off today? I'll start us off. Oof. Why not? Fuck it. All right. We'll do it live. All right. What was what was the name of the sorry? Fuck it. What was the name of the Christmas themed horror segment in Tales from the Crypt? Um fuck. Better watch out. Incorrect. Oh fuck. Oh my god. That's gonna bother me. Oh, I want my second. And, and all through the night? I don't remember. Uh, uh, it's all Incorrect. through the house. Correct. Yeah. So close. Very close, Steve. Yeah. Very close. I thought he had it. I'm like, no. Todd swiped it in. Todd swiped, swiped it. it in last that minute. Son of a bitch. <laughs> all right, I'll go. Uh, okay. In the Deep Blue Sea, 1999. What is Preachers? Hello, Cool J. What is the secret to the best omelet? Ooh, oh, he's making his little DVD confession on his little camcorder thing. Mm. What is the secret to the best omelet? Pepper. Pepper is incorrect. Oh, God, I don't remember. Uh, needs to be folded. I don't no. remember at all. <laughs> all right. You guys are way off. <laughs> the correct omelet has two eggs, not three. So, yep. All right. Fucker. <laughs> Todd's book of making, uh, making a trivia book yep <laughs> all right all my uh questions this week are guest movie based off the imdb parental guide i don't know i find these super easy to, to do for some reason so uh, i got lazy this week first one sex and nudity hmm. a woman sneaks up on a man urinating behind a tree jerking him off for a full minute his urine is seen the floor Following by semen oh. dropping on the ground as he ejaculates. Infinity pool. Correct. <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've seen this one. <laughs> Jamesy boy. I hate, I fucking hate her, dude. <laughs> James. Ugh. All right, back to me. Yeah. Yes, the movie based on IMDb information. Oh. This movie was released in 2006. Clocking in. At a nice one hour and 35 minutes. Currently ranked 4.7 out of 10 on the website. Director, Glenn Morgan. Tagline for the film is, This holiday season, the sleigh ride begins. And sleigh spelled S-L-A-Y. Sam Sleigh? Incorrect. No. With a cast I know of great, <laughs> one of my only ones. <laughs> a cast of Michelle Trachtenberg, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Lacey Chabert. Oh, is it Black Christmas like remake? Correct. Incorrect. The yes. answer is Black, Black Christmas. Christmas. Two thousand six. Steve got. It. All right. What sports team is featured on Jerry, the photographer, his hat in the opening of Arachnophobia? Oh, is it the Chicago Cubs? Incorrect. 
Is it the LA Dodgers? Incorrect. Wrong sport. Football. Okay. Can I can get one more guess? Sure. American football. Um. Don't talk to me about the Dodgers right now. I'm <laughs> upset about that. Shohei. <laughs> I'm gonna go the Bears. You know, you know Bears. Seven hundred million dollars, Todd. Correct. I well, I know. I still want him on my team though. Baseball talk. Uh I it's a football team? Yeah. The Cowboys. No, the correct answer is the Miami Dolphins. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Still with the uh IMDB parental guide. Okay. Sex and nudity. Yep. Women at a strip club dance erotically behind glass. They are mostly clothed but scanty scandally clad. Two women mimic sex acts with each other. This is a very brief establishing shot. Violence and gore. A woman discovers a body in a chair that is shown decapitated. Very brief, but graphic. I know what it is. I just can't think of the name. Profanity. About eight F words. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Several scenes where characters drink alcohol, including a hosted dinner, glass of wine late at night, evening dinner at home, and a company-sponsored marketing reception, among others. And each of these drinking is casual. At the marketing reception, a woman becomes slightly tipsy, drinking champagne, later becomes upset, and causes a waiter to drop his tray. This is the giveaway here. So you guys ready? Okay. Sure. Frightening and intense scenes. The movie is about a woman being stalked by a serial killer. It can be very intense. Oh my yes, it was not was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was wrong. Um, and I, I know you've both seen one. it. I was thinking about that movie with the stripper. She gets like stuck in the strip club. Remember? No, but I know it's not it. But that's what I was thinking of first. Yeah, what was that? That was uh, yeah, this... was that glorious? No, that was the um, one that was like glorious. Yeah, it was, was like in, a, the... in a sex booth. Yeah, yeah I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> It's not that though. Stalked by a serial killer. We got strippers that aren't naked. We got a decapitated head and chair, which is very revealing. Yeah. Um, Was that one called Peep? That one we were just talking uh, about? Maybe. I don't Peep? remember. Oh. Nah, I can't remember. Um, Peep show. You guys go up. What, 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 like, decade we got? Uh, <laughs> This is 2020s. 20, oh. It's new, it's new blood. Uh, They're strippers? Uh, the strippers would throw me off here. Uh, um, a Clockwork Orange. Correct. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty two. Clockwork Orange. Uh, I, yeah, I right. can't think of anything. So the answer was twenty twenty two's Watcher. Watcher. Oh, Watcher. The uh, Monroe. Right. Uh, that was a, that, that was a good one. That was a good one. Good. Yeah. I liked it. I'm, I only started at the one time, so I. You don't too. fully remember everything. Yeah, I mean, sure you both saw the first one. one is, uh, we covered it. And I don't yeah, know. I know. <laughs> That's the worst part. We covered it. <laughs> we did. We did cover it. Hmm. All right. I think it was Peep or something. No, it wasn't Peep. Because it was a Peep show, right? I'll, I'll, I'll check. All right. My last one of the night. Guess the movie based off the three letterboxed reviews. All right. Number one. Number one, super brutal with some killer practical effects, but that's really all it has going for it. The CGI is awful, and the characters make some of the most idiotic 
and unrealistic choices. Number two. And that was Todd's review. I will say that. I was going to say that. As a Number joke. two. <laughs> Number two. I watched this not knowing anything about it after a friend recommended it. The first half was a was boring. It was a bit boring, and I wasn't sure if the movie would be something I'd like. The second half, however, was insane in the best way. Great gore, awesome kills, and nonstop tension. I was glued to the screen in anticipation of what came next. There were a few issues, such as questionable actions from some of the characters, but I really enjoyed the film. It even had a satisfying explanation for everything that happened in the film. That's mine. And that is Steve. Yeah, I remember. I, I I remember writing that. I just don't remember what fucking movie <laughs> I wrote it for. And number three. Good for her. Good for her. The Joe method. Gosh. I will say it's a movie we reviewed last year on the podcast. Good for her. And um, give you a decade. Uh, is it? I will say the movie oh, came out in the two thousands. Is it Pearl? It is not Pearl. Damn. Oh, is it um, Revenge? It is not Revenge. Oh, revenge is great, dude. I'll stand by that one. Yeah. I'll give you guys um, one more if you want is it. it. Is it X? Think of the theme from tonight. Maybe that might help. Oh, I guess oh, that. If you think of wrong. the. Uh. uh it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be. Fuck, what other the movie like that did we <laughs> cover on this stupid podcast? Oh. Perhaps. I just I can't fucking think of something else we reviewed that was that good. None. Is it that robot? All right. Oh, it was not. The movie. Yeah. Oh. No, so I was going to say. No. It's, it's... no. All right. The movie is 2007's Inside. Mm. Yeah. Good for her. Mm. Uh, The movie was called Revealer. 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 Okay. Yeah. Trash. Not one we liked. No. (laughs) All right. Lastly, last question of the night. Actress slash musician Meatloaf sang... What song in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? I need the song title. That is right. Yes, he did do one. He did yeah. do one. It was just something like, <laughs> I, I don't remember, but it's something like, I don't even want to say it. In case it he comes starts, flying in on the motorcycle. And says, I don't want to like, stir that. Joe's memory. <laughs> yeah, if... <laughs> ah, that's going to bother me. But well, I, I remember we it, sang it on the fucking episode. Like, I uh, feel like, yeah. Ride the Lightning? <laughs> it is not. I can see where you're going with it, though. Mm-mm. I got. I don't got anything. I can't right. remember. The answer the is sax. yeah. Whatever happened to Saturday night? And you mm. guys were probably thinking, "Hot potato, rest, bless my soul." <laughs> that one. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, yes. right. All right. Is that it? No, nope, I got nope. my final one. Let's do it. So, still, the IMDb parental guide. Sex and nudity. Mm-hmm. Two scenes feature topless and rear female nudity. Nice. Violence and gore. The alien rips out a man's intestines in the first five minutes, shown in explicit detail. A woman is killed next, though we only see blood running down her legs. Mm -hmm. Profanity. 
fuck is used once, shit and damn, and other milder profanities used throughout. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Two characters drink throughout, and one of them even passes out drunk. Frightening and intense scenes. There are two, I'm just going to name them both. The general appearance of the creature, and a man's son is killed by the alien. I will tell you it's a 1980s film. Hmm. 1980s alien disembowelment. I think you've both seen it. I'm not 100% sure, though. Is it... um... E.T. It... <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> E.T. <laughs> is it Critters? No. Oh. But the the alien has some resemblance to Critters, I would say, to, to a crate. Oh. A little bit. Interesting. Oh. All right, I'll try again. Let's if that helps at all. <laughs> Alf. Yes. He likes cats. It's, it's, it's E.T.X. Alf. You were close. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if these are aliens or not, but is it Ghoulies? No. Oh. Are they mm. aliens or are they like creatures? Ghoulies, uh, they're more creatures. Yeah. Critters are aliens for sure. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing. Nothing at all. So the answer was Night Beast. Oh, man. Night Beast is fun. I really I like can, that movie. Yeah. It, it is fun. I think I've seen that one. I think we talked about it. Yeah, the sex scene is yeah. really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I should have got that one. All right. Let's see. That oh, brings us to. Yeah, we both all of us suck to that. Yeah, Joe's still in the lead with 81. Steve and I still tied 79. So we all got one in this fucking thing. Yep. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> Which, well, uh, Mad Max. Well, I think cool. it's next week or last week. No, two more. We got uh, more one more Christmas pick and then a 2023 film, and then it's over. And the year ender, baby. And then the year ender right. after that. Yeah. Can you Actually, speaking it? of which, it's maybe time to start requesting some lists from people. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to help us with your top 10 of 2023 lists, uh, please send it to us uh, before the end of the year. And we'll that'll just help our final episode being that or much more awesome. For my the favorite word list. Joe says. <laughs> yeah. Aggregate score. Yes. <laughs> it's yes, we get bigger every single year. So let's hopefully break the li- last year's lists. I think we got like 30, close to 40 lists last year, something like that. So yeah, definitely send them in. Email us, whatever, send us a DM, do it on Discord, whatever. But yeah, all call to arms. Please send in your best of 2023 lists. I think this year is going to be an interesting one for sure. I have no idea what's going to be the number one. I have a slight inkling, you know, on a couple, but I'm not, I don't want to sway anyone's thoughts and opinions. So I will save my thoughts on that. It's the Taylor Swift concert spoiler. So, yes, yes, <laughs> December 13th. Are you gentlemen ready? It is releasing on, on uh, VOD. Is it? We are ready. We're covering it. Yes. 2023. We're covering. So, that is, yes, we are. <laughs> Covering the concert, yes. <laughs> the Swifties are ready. I only know this because Sam told me. It releases on her birthday. Taylor Swift's birthday, apparently, December 13th. Yeah, also, her favorite number, which Joe, I stop. found out. <laughs> we already see enough of it I, when we watch the NFL. I am a Swifty baby. All <laughs> uh, right. Let's get into this week's main event. Todd's pick, 2003's Dead End, directed by... Steve can probably say this one better, but I will try it. 
Jean Baptiste André. How did I do? Yeah. Jean Baptiste André. All right. Okay. Perfect. Starring Lynn Shay, Ray Wise, and a bunch of other people you probably wouldn't recognize. But yeah, those are the two main ones there. So, Todd, this was your pick. Take it away. All righty. So, the Harringtons are doing a little road trip on Christmas Eve to the in laws' house. Ray Wise, the father figure, Lynn Shay, the mother, and like Joe said, a couple other people that the supporting cast there. Everyone falls asleep, though, except for Ray Wise, who's driving the car. And then he starts nodding off because he's on this, like, desolate mountain road. He was supposed to be on the interstate on the highway, but Homeboy wanted to take a little shortcut because he was bored. So he nods off. A car almost uh, head-on collision with him. And then he swerves, spins out or whatever. And his, all the family members wake up like, what the fuck? And he's like, I must have nodded off. It's never happened again. Everyone's giving him shit. But, hey, they're healthy. They're safe. All right. Let's continue with the with the drive. But but soon, things start being a little bit weird. They haven't run across another town. They haven't uh, got a, another junction in the road. There's no cars next to them, anything like that. Uh, they come across a woman in the woods holding a baby. What's that about? And they're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Why aren't they getting off this road? Was there a car accident that we didn't notice? Uh, are there ghosts in the forest? Is my son a fucking creep and taking porn on the family uh, car ride and then going out in the woods and jerking off? I don't know. We'll see. I picked this movie because I love it, man. I watched it years ago. Have it on DVD, which is out of print, man. It goes for like fucking 50 bucks online. It's ridiculous. Uh, but it is over on Tubi for you guys. And I love Ray Wise, Lin We're you know, big fans of them. And I've always thought that this is a really effective slow burn, one location type of film that has pretty good acting for the most part. You know, I kind of hate the kid, the boy, but he plays his part well. And I'm just really into it. So this is a first time watching about been about five years since i rewatched it so i was eager to see if it held up and i think overall it did i do have some issues with it though what about you guys yeah i've uh never seen this one before i you know i think i've seen it in like passing but like the poster looked familiar sort of but i definitely uh this one was never really on my radar i didn't know much about it i'd never really heard too many people mention it or talk about it i will start off by saying as far as a christmas movie goes this is like one of the more less Christmassy movies of the bunch for sure. It really doesn't give off much of a Christmas vibe. There's no snow on the ground, no Christmas lights to be seen really. It's just sort of mentioned and there's some Christmas presents in the back. So if you're looking for like a super Christmassy horror movie, this probably isn't the one for you. But as far as the movie goes, yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. I will say at time it does take a li- you have to be patient with this one, right? Cuz you really don't know what's going on for long periods of time. And I do feel like it does drag a bit at times, but I never found myself overly bored. There were just times I was like, okay, like, can we kind of move along here and like figure out what's actually going to happen in this mystery? But I think once we get to the mystery, the payoff is is pretty excellent in in my opinion. And we'll get to that when we uh, delve deeper into this this puzzle. But yeah, overall, I think it's acted pretty solidly. My only real big issue besides sort of the pacing is the tone at times is really fucking bizarre. And I didn't like that. I wish played more straight. And I think it would have added more creepiness rather than sort of the sort of off-the-wall bonker shit that they get into from time to time. It just didn't jive, I feel like, with the movie as well as it could have. So, yeah, those are my two big ones. But overall, I'm glad I watched it. It was pretty solid. 
So I had seen probably the first 20 minutes before, and then I think I fell asleep, and then I just never went back to it. So I still had it on DVD, which was nice, so I got to watch it for that. And I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought uh, it was like an interesting mystery that they were un, you know, slowly unraveling throughout the film. It's basically a one location film, even though it's not really one location, because they're in the car for like 85% of the movie and then the side of the road and then like this one cabin basically for the majority of the film. So it's I'd consider it almost a one location film. And they did a good job of keeping it interesting and not rehashing too many of the same elements. The characters definitely had distinct like personalities that clashed a little bit, in my opinion, because I don't know, it's almost like they took turns being weird, you know, uh, as opposed to all getting weird at the same time. And that was kind of a odd decision, in my opinion. It's just like someone would be totally almost comatose, you know, like just not talking, not doing anything. And then they'd completely snap out of it. And then it would be someone else's turn to get super like crazy, like Lin Shay does in this movie. And then and then there's things like the dad gets shot by shotgun in the leg, and he pretty much no sells it for the rest of the movie, like as if it's a minor inconvenience to him that he got shot in the leg. Like he lives around a little bit, but for someone who just got shot by a shotgun, he's he's doing pretty fucking okay. For some, he just got a bandage over it essentially. So there are definitely some issues in this film, but they had enough unique moments to keep me interested and to make it like somewhat memorable and i enjoyed that i just think that there are a few things that i wish happened i guess I, my mind was making up where the story was going and when it didn't go there i was kind of disappointed and i didn't love the end but we'll get to that at you know at the end of the review first of all Ray Wise is a man's man, Steve. That's why he wasn't. <laughs> that's why he shrugged off. He was drinking a lot of booze to numb it up, too. Right. So that, that helped, I'm sure. I I will say, like, I didn't read. I went to this movie totally blind, and I honestly thought it was going to be like a slasher. Honestly, I thought it was going to be like wrong turn, which it's not at all. Like, it's a very, um, obviously, like, you don't know, right? Like, it's very twilight zone like it feels like a basically like twilight zone episode just uh longer um which i wasn't expecting and it, it kind of threw me for a loop but we do get the the hearse man that we we keep seeing throughout the movie yeah i mean that was cool i liked that the lady in white was just like really weird to me like i, I don't know like I, I just feel like they did throw like a lot of shit at the wall that didn't quite stick with me, but it does, I guess, once you get to the end. So it's like really a movie that has to stick the ending. And for me, it did. I don't know. Should we just like spoil the ending now? Or I don't know where you guys yeah, want to go with it. this. Yeah. So what we like come to, so the whole movie, essentially they're, they're stuck on this road. It's, it's never ending. And then, you know, they keep getting picked off one by one by this guy in the hearse, blah, blah. They're trying to get to this town called the Walcott. Is that what it is, I think? Marcotte. And Marcotte. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Marcotte is there trying to get to this place. They, you know, it's never blah, blah, blah. Well, what we come to find out is we, we flash, you know, forward, forward. She wakes up in a hospital bed. And what we find out is the initial time where ray wise's the father character falls asleep he really did drive off the road he really fell asleep and the whole family is dies besides 
the young daughter who survived. The doctor's name was Marcotte. And yeah, so basically the family was in sort of this purgatory slash hellscape. I mean, what's your guys' take on That's my take on it. Is that basically they were in some sort of middle ground figuring out you know where they were gonna go after death i mean is that how you guys took it yeah pretty much i I don't think their their minds had caught up with reality yet so yeah to explain a little bit differently too is like they'll be going through the road and then uh, brad the boyfriend he gets abducted by this hearse right and he's in the back seat and they cannot catch up to it and then later on the brother gets abducted by the hearse and then they find their bodies like later on, which I thought was pretty clever too, because it was less, it was less is more approach where they're just describing what's going on. And we have the characters reactions. And even Lynn Shea draws a picture of it when she's going through a psychotic episode of her son's wounds. So I thought that was pretty neat that they, um, the way they find their bodies is how they died in the car crash. So like, yeah, the whole movie, you're thinking that this man in black or whatever is abducting these people and murdering them off screen. But in reality, like he was the guy that came across the crash site and the lady in white and her baby were victims of Ray Weiss or vice versa, whatever, in the car crash because they died too. So they're all of the characters are kind of in that limbo and getting taken by death or whatever you want to call it to the afterlife, so to speak. I just interpreted that it was the girl's like dream while she was in a coma, like nothing more than that. Because and the the reason I think that is that Marcotte is the doctor's name, so she just used everything that she saw between the time of the accident and the time that she went to the hospital and made up this whole like story in a dream essentially. Because like when I dream, I do the same thing. Like I'll watch TV before going to bed, and I'll have a weird fucking dream about someone I saw in a commercial. You know, like just out of nowhere, they're like joining me on some adventure because I made up this story with the like the last things that I saw that day. And I think that's basically what she was doing is just her her trauma and her dreams kind of merging together. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, any type of purgatory or anything. It was just her dealing with what happened in the accident. That's probably what it is. But what is your take? What are your guys' take on? the note because when ray wise and we'll call it purgatory for now the end credit scene before that ray wise is writing a list of what he wants to do you know when he gets out of the situation or whatever so that's like in the either the purgatory or dream world whatever you want to call it but then flash forward and the road crew is cleaning up the accident and they find the note so is it a bad filmmaking and they just wanted to throw something in there to make you question it or b is it something something different did he write the note before without like, like maybe she had seen the note and just interpreted that as something that happened during the events? Um, um, I mean, you know? if, if you take it at face value, he writes it when everyone's dead except him and her. Right. But uh, that's why I wonder, again, it's it's her imagination, right? Just like Marcotte is not a real place. It's just the doctor's name. I think she's just taking bits of information that she knows about and, you know, putting it into this this story. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know because if you if you take everything at face value, like you're saying with the doctor's name and then the, the black car being the car that picks him up and things like that, then that doesn't explain the note because we never saw it as an audience. You know what I mean? So we have to like 
assume to make that work we have to assume that like she saw it at some point we just didn't you know i, I personally think it was just bad filmmaking like they threw it in there just to be be goofy or different be clever yeah <laughs> yeah i think so too like i think it was it was, it was totally because of that I will say, like, I can see why I, I don't like Steve's theory. Like, I would like, like, if I went with, like, his theory over mine, I would like the movie a lot less. Because I hate, like, dream sequence movies. Because, like, it's always like, okay, well, that was for nothing. So, yeah, I can see why Steve probably liked this less than us going with that theory. It, yeah, you know what? It's kind of like... And there's um, no wrong theory. It could be no. either one, honestly. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, what was it called with um, Bilbo Baggins' uh, ghost story? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, if it's in his head, then it automatically makes it not a horror movie anymore, you know? Because it's just, you yeah. know, fucking dreaming. So if I, this is just her dreaming, it's like, okay, this. this is uh, yeah. I saw this whole event. Like, I don't know if you guys saw Usual Suspects, but uh, spoiler alert the, uh, the killer makes up all the information off the fucking board that's behind the cop that's interviewing him. <laughs> like that's where he gets all the information Excellent from. Movie. Excellent. Uh, yeah. It's an amazing movie. And that's what I feel this character did in this movie. She just made up this whole story with things that had, you know, that she had around her, the doctor, the car that she brought run to the, uh, the four body bags that she probably just glimpsed as she was being taken away. You know, like all these little details from things that she had seen. And she just, putting into her her mind yeah no i mean it, yeah it makes it, it it certainly makes sense i just chalked up like all the weird shit as being in like this sort of like i said like purgatory thing i mean the dream sequence makes total sense too though now um makes sense but it, so, yeah. i agree it cheapens the film it's like yeah. i agree yeah to me it cheapens it. i'm interested to see what the filmmakers like you know what they're sort of they only made one movie what they so. were going for <laughs> This is it, huh? It was a one and done for them? Pretty sure it was, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Blame yeah, it's actually two filmmakers, so I, I'm sorry. My apologies to Mr. Fabrice Canepa, too. He also directed this, so sorry. It wasn't a one-man show. But what did you guys think about the tone shifts, though, here? Like, like especially like Lynn Shay's, like, psychotic you know, break where she did... I, I did not like it at all. Like, it just... It, I, to me, it cheapened the movie. Like once again, it just it it came off comedic. Where like I feel like the movie was really going for a really serious tone, and then like it, I don't know if they were like trying to play it off as a creepy, like psychotic break. But to me, it came off like pure fucking slapstick comedy almost. Like and it just it didn't resonate with me. No, I agree, and I, I don't think Lin Shay is great when she's trying to do that kind of character and i i always take it back to wish upon that we covered many years ago many moons ago where she kind of has the same thing she does and it's just fucking awful like it's just not her wheelhouse she's great as like a strong female character but when she starts being like goofy i i don't like it and i agree i hate it the same plus she's like pounding that fucking pumpkin and chocolate uh, pie and it's just fucking gross no, it's like yeah. ass. <laughs> Damn it, I had that in my note right here. It was <laughs> like ass. This fucking yeah. kid. <laughs> I, I agree though. Um I, I didn't love that either. There are some parts of it that I thought was amusing, like when she draws the picture. <laughs> this is what he looks like dead you know it's just like a stick figure of a dead person i thought it was disturbing man i thought that was effective yeah that was it's it's the pie thing i, I just thought it was overdone and stupid and 
and it was weird because up until that point the daughter was kind of in a like phase and then she like just snapped out of it and it's just fine after that you know it's just that was my issue is it it just had really weird beats at times you know i i kind of wished that it went a little bit more straight horror and the kid you know he was super goofy let's talk about richard at the beginning. yeah we gotta talk about, there's so much to talk about richard so something i thought about this is totally random but so he goes to jack off in the woods when they go on a break can you imagine society if jacking off was like as needed as peeing and shitting where people would just be like oh i'm sorry honey i gotta go to the bathroom i gotta jack off you know like that's that's what it felt like like who the fuck just goes and like does that you know and he had the fucking porn mag already with the pin like oh it was gum it was gum he used it <laughs> he was like he had a system and everything he was just going for it yeah, yeah richard is first of all macaroni and dick cheese i wrote that down i don't i forget where he says that but he says it somewhere but richard's a little piece of shit man like i think he's supposed to be 16 years old but he looks like he's 24 so like him being a little jackass doesn't really work uh, he does all the gay jokes to the boyfriend. Yeah, and then the jerking off in the forest. Gosh, damn. I've never been that desperate when I was a kid. Like, you're leaving the road for five minutes and you get beat off. But then it's weird is that he jerks off, doesn't clean his hands, obviously. And then the first thing he does is touches his mom's shoulder when, like, there's a scary scene. I'm like, oh, that's fucking gross. But Richard is a fucking serial killer in the making, man. He's got the deviant sexual shit. And then he admits to his sister that he, he him and his friend put their put her hamster in a microwave and killed it I'm like this motherfucker deserved to die early because he would have been a serial killer growing up yes yeah he's like just over the top ridiculous he did give me a couple of chuckles though i will say in the car prior but yeah overall glad he was disposed of early once again just like weird comedic moments that i feel like just didn't jive completely with sort of the rest of the tone of the movie they were going for one thing i just thought of though that i think think lends to Todd's and I's purgatory theory is the secrets of the family coming out that the daughter probably didn't know about. One being obviously the affairs by both parents that was, you know, discussed throughout with uh, Ray Wise, you know, Lynn Shade discussing that she knew he was uh, banging some woman on the side. And then also Lynn Shay admitting to banging another dude. I think there's another secret that comes out from the daughter as well at one point, but she's I feel like pre- all she's the- pregnant, but she would know. Yeah, that. She's pre- <laughs> right. Right. Well, she would know that. Yeah. Right. Cause she, it was her sort of thing. So that is one thing I guess I would, that would lend, I think more to the purgatory theory for me is cause like she didn't know about these things and she did act surprised you know, her and the father kind of talk about it where she asks, like, who is this guy? And the father kind of talks about it in the car. So, yeah. Are they just suspicions, though? You know, that that she's kind of acting out? Because, like, even the brother chimes in, I smoke weed. Like, everyone kind of looks like, yeah. right. Yeah, I have a feeling it's just suspicions that are kind of acting out in in her dream and nothing more than that. It's very specific, though, because, like, the dad gives him the gives her the whole spill of like yeah this let's call him phil phil's my buddy and he came to me one day saying you know what do i do this girl i love is married and he's like you only live once pal and then he's like i wonder why i never saw phil again after that turns out phil fucked lynn shay and they had richard as a result and richard is actually supposed to be named michael so that's another one like how would she know what the fucking unborn baby's name is going to be if if it isn't 
actually happening the way it's shown purgatory wise. Right. And if you go with the, the purgatory thought, it's, you know, when you, you know, I, I know most religions, you know, believe that when you do die, you are to be judged for, you know, your sins. So these people are, their sins are being brought forth and they have to sort of, you know, confess these sins. So that's like, and like with these very specific things, you know, secrets coming out, that's just to me, what thinks uh, leans it more that way rather than the dream sequence. Yeah, the one that was weird was Lin Shay being like, "You could do anything you want sexually, everything." <laughs> like, it, it, it awakens something in you. That's why it's weird. Okay. Is that like if you wanted to be pegged? <laughs> like, what, 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 what do you think that means to him? I, I was very curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do have two really cool zingers that Ray Wise said. And I'll uh, read them off. Um, they find a phone and it doesn't work. And she goes, "Is there enough? Is there a dial tone?" I said, "No, Laura. I just forgot the number to 911." And then uh, they're changing the flat. They're changing the flat tire, and he tells his son, "You handle that lug wrench like a whore handles a baby." And I'm like, "Gosh, damn!" Ray Wise just fucking slinging insults. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, there, there's there's some good lines in this, uh, despite some of the that stuff too. Um, you know, and that that kind of what helps the length of the movie despite being in the car for the majority of the film you know yeah i don't know like there's some things that i wish we had seen more of like the cabin uh, didn't play into the movie as much as i expected that it would things like that like the i wanted to know more about the so when the mystery car keeps coming in right i don't know if you guys seen burnt offerings but in that movie there's a super creepy driver that the main girl has like dreams about and i was hoping that eventually we'd see like kind of someone like him like almost the the, like the i don't know i guess he'd be death essentially right just the grabbing people but i guess i was disappointed with the reveal of what that car ended up being which yeah it was just some creepy dude hitting on the doctor at the end of the day (laughs) right exactly yeah yeah and i thought he'd do something like when he when he grabbed the doctor i thought he'd be like i don't know like, like she's death. still like she was still in it, you know, like she was still in the in the purgatory or something, and it was just like a kind of a reveal, but nope, it just takes her out. Yeah. I was just looking on IMDb, not much trivia here, but the movie made seventy seven million dollars in DVD sales. Wow. Like that's fucking that's shit. Yeah, that's great. It's a yeah, it says the movie was a smash hit on home media. Like Wow, that's fucking crazy! Like, especially in two thousand three, like you uh-huh. take you take into inflation into account, like that's wild, wild money for a sort of indie little horror movie. Like I mean, that's this. why so, the the directors fucking just retired. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah they did do two more things, but I've never heard of them. So, anything horror related or no? It looks like an action film, uh-huh. something else. I don't know. Right. Yeah, man. I, I, you know, I. I can see the issues with it, and I don't like like how it's wrapped up so nicely at the end. I mean, the ending's cool. I think it's pretty pretty dope, but it is a little bit goofy where he's like, the man in black. Like, I'm the man in black. I have this black car, and I'm going to hit on this uh, fucking doctor, and we're going to travel in my black, creepy black car. You don't get in a car with that guy, all right? That's the guy you don't get in a car with. Um, so I did not like that part, but I think it's still pretty cool, and I think it's purgatory personally. 
I love Ray Wise. Lin Shea is a delight, except for that little part. I fucking hate Richard. Justice for Brad. You know, he wanted to propose to her. She, she's going to dump his ass, and then he got killed first. Yeah. I'm. Uh, you guys ready to rate it? It's just one last question. Yeah. You, so you made us watch the end credit scenes, and I get it. To the <laughs> made little... you watch them. Yeah. Well, you, 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 specific, watch you specifically <laughs> told us to watch both end credit scenes. Yeah. Uh, I so totally the first didn't. one. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> uh, I, 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 you t- like, I get for the letter, right? For the first one is when he finds the yeah. note. But what was the significance of the second one? It was just a, just a picture of the family. So I remember the first time I watched this around two uh, around two thousand three ish. It was on, and then I fell asleep during the end credits, and I woke up to that brief picture of the family, and it just creeped me the fuck out, like because I didn't know it was going to be there. <laughs> So at the end of the film, like yeah, if you wait to the very last moment, it's a picture of all of them like at a in front of a Christmas tree or something. Yeah. And they're just smiling. And I'm like, I don't know, it just it was off putting to me. So it, who was in that picture? It, it went so quickly. Is um, it the four that died? Yeah, uh, no, it's all of them. It's, it's just the just family. The family? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because it's a it, it'd be funny if like they made it to the Christmas party. You <laughs> know, like the whole thing was like the dead people kind of made it and are happy or something. Yeah. Like, I don't I, know. I, it's just that I didn't get the point. <laughs> you know, usually credit scenes are supposed to set something up or explain th- something or. Yeah, I, I think those guys, the filmmakers are just being experimental and putting something in there that they thought was like, this is cool. This will get them questioning it, but maybe it didn't work. But yeah, I just remember well, being very off. In 2003, that didn't happen a lot. Like now it happens all the time because Marvel's like fucking put it into everyone's head that everyone think everything needs a end credit scene. But in two thousand three, I don't recall a whole lot of films having anything in the, after the credits. So other than like sometimes they had like spoof reels, like uh, fucking gag reels at the end of movies. You know that was like a big thing back then. But yeah, all right, all right. I'll rate it. This is my choice. Um, I am a extremely strong four out of five. I like this one a lot, and it's a classic for that period. I do hate the music, though. I forgot to mention that. A lot of the score, I'm like, ugh, it's that early 2000s rock that I hate. But yeah, it's it's a four out of five for me. Yeah, the movie's definitely uh, a bit dated, like already, for a movie that just came out in 2003. But overall, I had a good time watching it. Is it something I'm going to add to my yearly Christmas horror watch list? Definitely not. Just because I, like I said, there's not really a Christmas vibe here in this movie, like at all. But I, uh, I'm glad I watched it, and I think the ending certainly makes this movie. If it wasn't for the ending, and me and Todd's theory of it, uh, I think this would be rather forgettable. But yeah, I'm at a three and a half out of five. I, I really did enjoy watching it. Yeah. So I have the other ending in mind. I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> Uh, especially because of the doctor's name. I think that's what really kind of drives that ending home for me. So I gave it three out of five. I did like it. I enjoyed watching it. I don't think it's one that necessarily like stands out in you know, the annals of time. So maybe I'd watch it one more time though, because now I'm curious knowing the two theories, like what can we see before the accident that they do that would like, you know, kind of explain some of this stuff. But um other than that, I don't think it's like one of the best, but I enjoyed watching it for sure. All righty. Very cool. Very cool, gentlemen. All right. I think that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Once again, though, a call to arms, ladies and gentlemen. Please send us your best of 2023 horror lists. Just send us a DM, an email, whatever it takes. 
but we want it to be the bi biggest and best year ever for our master 2023 Harless. It's going to be great for our year-end episode. Next week, Christmas Horror continues with Steve's pick of Steve. What do we got? Anna and the Apocalypse, which I don't think any of us have seen. It's just no. the one that keeps getting recommended to me. I promised one of our listeners, Caleb, that I would do it. And I said, I'm going to do it. Just I'm going to wait till Christmas time. So here we are. And I'm going to keep that promise. And I'm very curious. I hear so much about it that I'm like, I want to watch it. Where's that at? Shutter? Oh, yeah. It's on a bunch. Of, I saw it Shutter. I saw it on Tubi. I saw it somewhere else. It's, yeah, yeah. It's all over. But Shutter apparently has the, um, the director's cut, which is apparently better. So if you can uh, watch on Shutter. All right. Very cool. Yeah. That's one I've like. I've heard so I'm really excited for that one because I've heard like so many great things about it and I've actually had it like every year I put it on my when we do like voting like I always put it on there for Christmas and it never wins so I'm excited to finally watch it and check it out so you can check it out ladies and gentlemen like Steve said it's streaming pretty much everywhere 2017 musical horror movie Anna and the Apocalypse but I know Todd's very excited for that I'm with the musical uh, horror. yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, in the meantime, you can keep up with the podcast on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, th threads. Just search The Horror Squad Podcast. You can also email us anytime, Podcast at gmail.com. But of course, you know, the absolute best way to keep up with the podcast is our Discord. Just send us a DM. I also think it's linked now on our Instagram. Just click on the link, join the Discord amazing community over there. Movie Club, Steve, postponed, right? It's coming soon. Yeah, uh, probably just at the end of the month. Unfortunately, I got COVID, so I was really sick on Friday. Okay. So we're just going to do the last Friday of the month. We're going to watch Carousel 3. All right, very cool. Carousel 3 for the Movie Club. Tons of stuff over there. So once again, join the Discord. You can also, if you want to support the pod, you can buy merch tpublic.com just search horror squad podcast that's also linked on our instagram as well and the best way is leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app that helps us immensely to get the word out help spread it we appreciate it so that is it ladies and gentlemen and we'll see you next week for anna and the apocalypse see ya all right bye